0: Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit com for more details. Gene editing investors may soon have another stock to choose from. That's because a company called Metagenomi is planning to have an IPO. So today we're going to discuss what the ideal business model might look like for a gene editing company, who the players are, who's metagenomy, what they're doing that's different, and we're going to discuss whether we'd invest in them. And of course, we want to answer this question, what is metagenomics? Now, synthetic biology is by far the single most exciting disruptive technology we cover here at Nanalyze. That's because it proposes that we can harness the single most powerful technology known to man, which is nature. So with gene editing, we can create practically anything. And it reminds me of this story that I loved when I was a kid. And this picture here is taken from that. It's one of Frank Baum's many books. So he wrote The Wizard of Oz, which we've probably all heard of. But his other books in The Land of Oz are far more interesting and fascinating. In this one, Dorothy's pulling a lunch pail. I think it's a dinner pail from a tree. And inside there's a ham sandwich, a pickle, a slice of cheddar. And I was just always blown away by this idea of her finding trees that produced fascinating things. And that's the appeal of synthetic biology. And companies like Ginkgo Bioworks are uh, trying very hard to harness uh, gene editing and artificial intelligence and lots of data to produce things that are useful. And where we've decided to start, really, is to have gene editing give us more food. So you'll see applications there where they're trying to remove the requirements for fertilizer by editing. And this goes to the GMO conversation, which we've talked about before. But uh, we're doing that and also trying to make people more healthy by first addressing diseases for which there are no cure. And let's talk then about what metagenomics is. So. Metagenomics studies genetic material recovered from the natural environment, and this is from Metagenomics' S1 filing. They say, to discover and develop a suite of novel editing tools... They look to the natural environment around us, and they've put together a toolbox of tools that's capable of correcting any type of genetic mutation found anywhere in the genome. So that sounds quite appealing, and this idea of going to nature for inspiration that's called biomimicry, and it's resulted in a lot of great innovations. Now, this starts to sound like the ideal business model that we envision for gene editing. And the process that metagenoma uses is that they start by collecting samples from microbe-rich ecosystems such as uh, a simple garden or hydrothermal vents below the ocean, Then they do deep sequencing on these samples to fully reconstruct the genomes of the resident microbes. And what they find are previously unknown organisms that reveal novel cellular machinery. That's pretty self-explanatory, right? Sounds very cool. They then then sprinkle that with some AI, some high-throughput screening of the type that Ginkgo Bioworks does. And they've screened, they say, 322 million CRISPR-associated Cas proteins and over 1.75 million CRISPRs. Wow. So whilst the other companies are really focused on their narrow view of CRISPR technology, uh, this company, MetaGenomi, is going quite broad. So that lends itself to the ideal business model that we've always imagined would be for gene editing, to use AI to identify every possible gene editing tool found in nature, select a subset of the most ideal candidates and start down the path to commercialization to prove the concept, and then create intellectual property either around ideally, the method you use to produce all those variants, if you can, or at least the most useful variants that you produced, then license that technology and then move to extremely high margin royalties business as opposed to doing the development in-house, aside from that initial effort to prove your concept. And then you can just spend your time launching lawsuits against people who aren't paying you. So when we look at the companies that are out there. This is taken from the Nanalyze Tech Stock Catalog, a collection of 460 tech stocks we cover here at Nanalyze. 13 of them are in gene editing. Uh, We'll actually be starting to sell this catalog next month here on YouTube, so stay tuned for that. But uh, in our list here, we've covered most of the usual suspects, and what we can do is validate that against a list provided by MetaGenomi and their S1. CRISPR players, usual suspects here. You've got Caribou Editas, CRISPR Intellia, Graphite, and then of course MetaGenomi. Here's their proposed market cap if they're uh, if they have that IPO success successfully. Well, this is this is what the valuation would look like, and we can see they're right around the size of Caribou and Editas. So other names mentioned in the S one, you have Sangamo, Precision Biosciences, Bluebird. They're utilizing alternative nucleus-based genome editing technologies that haven't been overly successful. They've been around for a while. You've got Beam Therapeutics doing base editing technology. Prime Medicine, I think that's the newest gene editing uh, stock. They're utilizing prime editing technology. We've written extensively about this stuff, and you can go to our website and search for uh, research pieces that we've done. There's uh, quite a few of them. We also have some videos on our YouTube site, and for example, here we've covered Prime Medicine, their IPO. Now... Private companies listed by metagenomy these would be names that we probably haven't covered because we've moved away from covering startups. Uh, names to note here, Tessera Therapeutics, Tome, uh, they say there's little known, uh, little is known publicly about their science or portfolio. They list some other companies here that um, investors should at least be aware of um, to see if more uh, possible uh, gene editing companies uh, come uh, move from private to the public markets. Now, today's gene editing stocks, this is typically how they look. They have a lead candidate that the company's hanging its hat on. They also have a pipeline of other candidates that aren't so advanced. So the second in line is probably as far back as investors need to look. And then you have others that are preclinical only, and that's where metagenomy falls. So when it comes to analyzing what these companies do, we have a theory on subject matter experts, and it goes like this. Academic Industry SMEs, when it comes to investing, are prone to follow stories, and that's quite dangerous. Now, financially experienced SMEs, they'll usually speak in a language that others can't understand, so you need to follow them to have them interpret the investment for you. That's not ideal. ARC's analysts, you'll see them do this sometimes. No subject matter expertise is acceptable if there's a large audience of people who can correct fundamental mistakes and that's what how we've always navigated this space and we believe that drug developers have so much external risk that it's a crapshoot anyways and what we've found so far is that it's been surprisingly accessible to understand what gene editing companies do provided you don't try to understand everything so this slide is is probably the best slide in this deck, and it talks about key limitations facing current genome editing programs. In red text there, that's our uh, paraphrasing, and in black, these are the limitations that Metagenomy talks about. Uh, First-generation technology lacks the ability and flexibility to accomplish complex genome editing. These are pretty self-explanatory. So they talk about the problems with off-target edits, uh, cannot target. This one's interesting cannot target many tissues outside of the liver because current genome editing technologies, uh, they're too long. So so the actual tool is 1300 amino acids in length. It's largely limited to lipid nanoparticle delivery. You, you'd hear that talked about in the context of gene editing therapies. They say uh, certain Underlying mutations that drive diseases can't be targeted. Uh, Long lead times from discovery to candidate nomination. They'll tell us about it, right? Uh, And then this last one is the most interesting. They talk about how other companies are subject to narrow terms of license agreement from academic institutions and that they say they're not subject to these intellectual property licensing constraints that's interesting because we know that there's this whole drama around gene editing intellectual property and if they're able to say listen we have this platform if we have, they have 20,000 different methods they're going to have a lot to choose from so they can navigate that intellectual property minefield a lot better having lots of different options now when we look at the pipeline for this company as i said it's preclinical you have the ones to take note of here would be where they've partnered, you can see there with Moderna, Ionis, and then I think that's in Infini on the bottom there. And these are very early days, so I tried to extract milestones from their S1. So for hemophilia, they're potentially leading to a development candidate selection in Q2 of this year. For primary hyperoxaluria, they expect to have NHP data in 2024. NHP, that stands for non-human primate. It's typically monkeys. It's considered the gold standard animal model for drug development and approval by the FDA. Then this third candidate, they expect to move into NHP studies in 2024. So uh, very, very early days for this company. But what's interesting is they're actually able to generate some revenues. Here you can see from Moderna, Infinity, and Ionis. They're Uh, 32 million for the first nine months of last year. Uh, They have cash and available securities of um, or available for sale securities of 293 million. They're looking to raise between 87 and 100 million the IPO. And then I put a table here which shows the losses or expenses, the amount of money that they're burning through uh, as they work towards uh, bringing something to market. What's next? Well, when we look at this company that's discovered over 20,000 novel genome editing systems, the way that we'd sort of imagine this is that they need to prove the concept with key partners and then open the floodgates, at which time you'd expect to see a massive pipeline with dozens of partners progressing candidates. They have investors that include Bristol-Myers, Squibb, and Bayer, so there's certainly some people watching. And then what they can move to there is not having to get involved in the technical details and just using numbers and milestones to measure progress. You'll see this with AI drug discovery companies like AbCellera or Recursion. Take a look at their pipelines, the way they've built out those metrics. It becomes all about pipeline progression, and then they move to high margin royalties. As we said earlier, that's where you'd want to see this company move towards. Now, in terms of watching how they progress, Preclinical development is all about collecting and analyzing data from animal testing and human cells to determine if drugs should be moved on to human trials. That's where they're at. So there's no FOMO for us. It's early days for this company. Progression of compounds to clinical trials would be the next milestone. Uh, Of course, maybe we should wait for the IPO to happen, and and if it doesn't, at least we learned something today. And our investment approach so far to gene editing has been to spray and pray, but we're not going to include this company uh, in our uh, list of current holdings. So I put up another video here that you might find interesting. It's on Uh, CRISPR, which is uh, probably the best bet when it comes to uh, gene editing stocks right now. So give that a watch. Please make sure to subscribe to this channel and uh, enable all notifications. That helps support our work. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.